Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome to another episode of Box in 6, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast brought to you by Fans First Sports Network. My name is Stephen Dorff, and alongside me, as always, is my co-host, Hershey Winkleman. You can check us out on social media. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Bucks6FFSN. And then you can find this and all of our other podcasts on Apple and Spotify. So be sure to turn those notifications on, leave a review, a like, and whatnot. It uh, really helps us out. Hirsch, we uh, got two, uh, a back-to-back first of the year for the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, we're going to start with this Hawks game, and then we're going to move on to the uh, game that happened tonight, tomorrow, or uh, last night for you guys, but the Heat. So we went one and one in this stretch, Hirsch. Uh, start with the Hawks game. We lost 127 to 110. Uh, I guess the first, you know, main talking point with this is Damian Lillard. He had, you know, one of his worst nights of his career, one of the five worst nights of his career, two for 12 shooting, six points only with six turnovers. Uh, we know what Damian Lillard is at this point, Hirsch. Uh, him having that type of game doesn't really freak me out. Uh, do you think Buck fans should be concerned at all about that performance from Dame? No, I I don't think many Bucks fans really were that concerned. I mean, Dame even said it in his in his post game presser. I mean, that that just happens in the NBA. Uh, I mean, all the guys in the NBA are quality basketball players, and they're in the NBA for a reason. I mean, any team can blow out any team on any night, and like we saw in that game, I mean, the Hawks just caught fire. They couldn't miss. Um, it seems like, I mean, we were talking about it earlier, but he, you could have built a super team defensively and they still would have been hitting those shots. Uh, so I don't really think Dame's performance was, you know, that uh, necessarily problematic. I mean, it did it did definitely hurt us in that game, but even if Dame plays better, I, I, I don't really know if the Bucs necessarily have much of a chance against a team that literally just was hitting everything. Yeah, and I mean, you could kind of tell – uh, with Dame that it just wasn't going to be his night. I mean, he starts the game off with two turnovers. He misses his first few shots. 
It just wasn't going to be his night. And then obviously with the Hawks catching fire all game, they had what, eight guys in double figures, the 12, you know, 12 or more points on us, all on relatively high efficiency outside of Trey Young. But it didn't matter because Trey Young, you know, was getting you 11 assists. So, I mean, just not a good night from Dame, not a good night from the Bucks as a whole. Uh, outside of Giannis, actually, he had 26 points in only 29 minutes and actually shot really well from the free throw line. Uh, actually shot well from the free throw line again from uh, in the heat game. But Giannis and Dame, uh, you know, up until that point had not had, uh, had not played, you know, elite at the same time. And I think, you know, we're going to start to see that where they're going to just have games where they're both on fire. And those are going to be the games that we win like tonight. But. Yeah, and that Hawks game, man, Giannis looked good. Dame didn't, and I think that, you know, when your point guard has a bad night, no matter how great Giannis is, like, your point guard's running the team, he's running the offense, he's the facilitator, and if he can't make good decisions and good passes to get your other guys the ball, then it's just not going to be a good night for your team. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a good point, and, I mean, I I also just think that that game was just a fluky game. I mean, like, I mean, we've also been talking about it. Like, these guys – haven't really been playing together very much. I mean, they, they saw a little bit of action in the preseason together. And then obviously, you know, in that Philadelphia game, Damian Lillard put on his cape and became the hero. But yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to need to see these guys mesh a little bit more. They're going to need to start playing off of each other more, playing more together. And, and we will, we'll, we'll see that. I mean, it's not, it's nothing to be, you know, worried about. I mean, I know you were kind of anticipating maybe a slower start with these guys, you know, getting together meshing you know Chris Middleton still not not necessarily in the lineup as you know he should be uh Malik Beasley's playing playing 30 minutes a game I don't know if that's going to continue so yeah I mean there's there's a lot of stuff a lot of kinks the Bucs need to work out and we're still not fully healthy yet um I don't necessarily think you know it, it's it's something to be fully worried about I think it's just a fluky loss and it sucks but it, it happens I mean the NBA is a, a night-to-night game or a night-to-night league, and, you know, you never know what's going to happen against any opponent. I mean, last year the Bucs lost by 40 to the Hornets, who ended up having, you know, a, a top-five pick. So, it's – I mean, anything can happen. Yeah, I mean, you you know, you just mentioned Chris. He plays against the Heat, but we don't get him in the, fir- in the uh, first game of the back-to-back in the, against the Hawks. Do you think that if we had Chris, even on, you know, 17, 16 minutes, do you think that that would have made any difference or you just think that the Hawks were just kind of unbeatable? I mean, yeah, he might have helped a little bit, but if Dame is still having that bad of a night, like you mentioned, I mean, when your floor general doesn't really have it together, it's tough to, you know, put together a good performance. And I mean, in the games that Chris Middleton's played, it's not like he's, you know, putting up gaudy numbers. It's... You know, it's pretty pedestrian. He's kind of just out there, you know, feeling it out. And, you know, we want to see Chris start ramping it up. I mean, I know, I think, what did you say, eight to nine games in, he'll lose his, uh, he'll lose his minutes restriction. That's, that's what we're looking for. And we, you know, we hope that, you know, he gets back to his all-star form, but, you know, I, 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 he definitely would have helped out in that Hawks game, but I, I'm happy that he, he's resting. I, I want to see him at full health. Um, I, I don't want to have another situation like last year where he's in and out of the lineup for a multitude of different injuries. I think that's problematic. I think we need to nurse him back to entirely full health and then, you know, see what we have from there. Yeah. And I also kind of just think that teams like the Hawks, uh, when I say like the Hawks is teams with, you know, two really good, like guards, strong guard play, like I, like teams like the Cavaliers, 
uh, Sixers when, you know, they get, or if they get Harden back teams like that, I feel like are going to match up super well against the Bucks Hirsch. Uh, you know, we, we all know about, you know, Damian Lillard, what he is at, on a uh, defense, but he makes up for it. And then some on the offensive side of the ball, we're going to talk about it more in the second half of this podcast, but uh, Malik Beasley, you know, just trying to figure out who that fifth starter is that second guard to play with Dame Malik Beasley might not be the best fit just because of his physical limitations as a defender. Like I, he's out there trying, like, it's not like he isn't putting effort in. He's clearly like, you know, he's hustling, he's putting in all the effort, all the work. It's just the end of the day. I think the guy is just limited on that side of the ball. Yeah. I I mean, I agree. And I, I am terrified to play teams like, you know, the the Cavaliers and, you know, possibly even the Mavericks with guys like Luca and Kyrie, just because, you know, you can put Jay Crowder on one of those guys, but the other guy is going to have free reign. I mean, and, and, you know, we kind of saw that in tonight's game as well. Uh, we're going to move on and take a quick break and we'll be right back and uh, recap that Bucks win over the Miami Heat tonight. It was a good win. Nice to see it. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. And we're back on the Bucks and Six podcast, recapping the Bucks win over the Miami Heat. I'm Hershey Winkleman. He's Steven Dorff. Uh, so the Bucks in their third game of the season uh, beat the Miami Heat 122-114. to 114. Bucks had pretty good control over the game for uh, the majority of it. Um, Steve, it was the first time we saw Dame and Giannis, you know, both play really well in the same game. Uh, I know you, you kind of wanted to touch on Giannis taking more of the closer role at the end of the game against, you know, some favorable matchups like guys like Nikola Jovic and, uh, Orlando Robinson. Yeah. And I mean, we all, like all, all of us Bucks fans had this expectation assumption that Damian Lillard was going to be the guy who was going to close games for us every time Chris Middleton, the second guy, he didn't really play. He didn't play crunch time minutes at all today, but you know, when he does, you expect those two to be the one and two closers while Giannis is kind of the opening act first three quarters just does everything else. But tonight, I mean, we saw Giannis really, really take over at the end of the game. Uh, You know, like you said, they had uh, guys like Nikola Jovic in, they had Orlando Robinson, uh, Bam Adebayo didn't play. Jimmy Butler didn't play at the end of the game at all. So uh, we saw Giannis really just abuse the paint there. And in games like that, like he's he's still capable of doing that. Giannis is still a guy that put up 50 points to close out a championship uh, series. So it's not like he isn't capable of it. And I think that it's something that we're going to have to like get, uh, get used to seeing. Giannis is just still going to be Giannis. Dame is going to be Dame. They both played really, really well tonight. Giannis had... Uh, 33 points and Dame had 25, both on good efficiency. Um, the one thing with Giannis, though, I will say, Hirsch, and I know you totally agree with me, is that he's been taking a lot of jumpers, been settling for mid-range shots. He's been taking a lot of like, uh, just uh, pull up three pointers. I just, I don't know. I want to hear how you feel about what you know those shots, the shot selection from Giannis. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think I mentioned it a little in uh the the uh, Philadelphia recap, but. Yeah, I, I just think Giannis taking a shot 
is a bailout for the for the other team. I mean, it's just forcing them to not have to play defense on a possession, and I, I think that's just bad offense on the part of the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, Giannis is literally probably is, is probably one of the most dominant paint forces the the league has ever seen in in the history of the NBA. Very few players can dominate the paint like Giannis can, and when he's not in there, he's not causing havoc on the other team's defense. He he's 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 forcing that he's it's he's making it easier on them. What I'd like to see is guys like Damian Lillard, Chris Middleton, Malik Beasley taking those outside shots, even a Brooke Lopez, because we have the thing is we have the guys to make it so that the entire paint is open for Giannis to operate. We can we can have four out and Giannis in, and that can work extremely well for the majority of the game yet some for some reason Giannis decides that he wants to take pull-up threes he wants to take turnaround mid-range shots like I don't think those shots are good tonight we saw him catch and shoot into a into a walk-in three-pointer and he shot it with confidence and he made it those are the shots that I think are fine for him to take especially if it's on a catch and shoot because that over his career those are the shots that he's ended up making but on the, these these pull up threes early in the shot clock and these turnaround mid range shots, I think he needs to completely wipe away from his game. Yeah, I mean, well, to you know, to start with the the three point shots, I totally agree. The catch and shoot, especially the catch and shoot three pointer for him, is something that I'm very okay and you know honestly happy with him taking because those are the shots where he just takes it and he just shoots it. He doesn't think about it. There's nothing. You just catch it. You shoot it. When he takes his, you know, pull up threes, he's dribbling into it. He's trying to get into a groove, thinking about it, and then just shoots it. And it, it's just not the shot for him. I mean, that's not. We all know this. It's not where he excels. He excels within five feet of the basket. Uh, he put that on display tonight uh, at the end of the game. But I would really, really like to see him chill out with the three point shots, especially the uh, the step, the dribbling, the ones where he's dribbling before the step up pull up threes. Those need to stop. I think. Uh, and also, we keep talking about this. We talked this on, about we talked about this on the last podcast in the Sixers game. But we'd like to see Giannis do a lot more off-ball action or being more of a screen setter, cutting to the hoop more. I don't like it as much when he's dribbling the ball. I know that's a very you know good skill and uh, asset that he has to his like game. But when you have Damian Lillard, Damian Lillard should be bringing the ball up like. 90% of the time. And then when it's not Damian Lillard bringing the ball up, it's got to be like Chris. It's got to be like campaign. So yeah. that's kind of my thoughts on that. Definitely, definitely. And I'm hoping, you know, once Chris kind of we, – we can move on to, to Middleton's play. But I'm hoping that he, you know, can can take on more of that playmaker, that secondary playmaker role, at least uh, on the offense when, you know, Damian Lillard's getting blitzed on those uh, high pick and rolls, which I see happen a lot where – you know, they'll set a high pick and roll with Broker Giannis. Um, and then, you know, they send two guys at Dame. He has to get rid of the ball quickly uh, and make a decision. That next pass, I think, is it'll be nice when that's Chris because he's a good ball handler. He can, you know, he's a three-level scorer as well as a solid passer. I think he's going to open up the playmaking a lot for the Bucs uh, when he's, you know, ramped up to full speed. Uh, Steve, I know you have some questions about, you know, Middleton defensively. Um, I mean, obviously he's still rehabbing from his, you know, knee surgery that he had over the summer, but yeah. What are, what are your thoughts on kind of his lateral quickness, his movement? I mean, are you, are you worried about him at all? 
I think it's kind of similar to Dame in the sense that what he's going to provide for us offensively is going to make up for what he lacks on the defensive end. I mean, Chris Middleton's like 32, 31 years old at this point. He's coming off some knee injuries, some surgery. So you can't expect the guy to be what he once was as a defender. He's always been known as more of a plus defender out there. Not not the greatest, but he doesn't hurt you. But I think now he's going to have to really step into that secondary playmaker role. I don't, I think he actually might see the biggest like number drop off out of Giannis Dame Brooke. Um, I just think that Chris is going to, you know, his assist numbers might not even go up, but I just think we're going to see him run the pick and roll with Giannis a lot, run it with Brooke a lot. Uh, we saw it actually tonight. It was pretty effective when Chris played, he was getting the ball dished to Giannis in the paint pretty effectively. And I think that that's only going to continue as his minutes get ramped up, as he gets more comfortable playing. I mean, we talked about it. He hasn't played like Chris Middleton normal minutes in two years now. So as he gets better with that, as he gets more comfortable, gets healthier, his defense might improve. His offense will most will most likely improve. Uh, and I just think that it's going to open up the floor for everyone, including Dame, including Giannis, including Chris. So it just Chris being out there really helps, and that showed tonight. Definitely, definitely. Let's move on to uh, Bobby Portis making an early case for uh, six man of the year. Uh, Bobby Bobby has shown out uh, so far this season. Uh, he's given a lot of energy off the bench, buckets in the first half, uh, timely buckets and ones. He's hitting threes. He's cutting to the rim. He's running the floor, playing defense. I saw Bobby get two steals in the first half. Um, you love to see that. Uh I mean, Bob, Bobby making an early case for six man of the year, just like he did last year. What do, what do, what do we think about uh, Mr. Portis? I mean, at this point, we know what Bobby Portis is as Bucks fans, right? He's someone who comes in in the regular season. He gives you energy. He gives you buckets off the bench, and he's great at it. He's one of the best at it. But in playoffs, we kind of know that it's not that he becomes unreliable. It's more of it's just his role on our team becomes unreliable because like we talked about it, the defensive limitations, he looked good on defense tonight, but in the playoffs, it's a whole different world. Bobby Portis definitely gave us that much needed burst tonight though. I mean, comes in, scores 14 points in the first half. He didn't really play much in the second half, but that first half scoring outburst, he had really, really helped the Bucks win. Definitely. And then I know, you know, a big point that, you know, we definitely need to touch on was just Tyler Hero absolutely erupting on the box tonight for 35 points. It, it, it's the most he's ever scored against the box in his career. Um, and, you know, we, we've mentioned it, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if Malik Beasley is really the kind of guy that can take on that number one defensive role uh, in the backcourt when it comes to scoring guards. And I think, you know, when you look at the Heat, they really only have one scoring guard and we still couldn't even contain him. Uh, Butler, on the one hand, we, we we did play well against. I mean, he he saw a lot of Jay Crowder tonight, a lot of different looks. Giannis was on him for a bit, um, you know, so that was that was good to see. I, I did see some Damian Lillard switching on to him as well, which, you know, Butler was able to take advantage of that mismatch. So it, it, it shows that the Bucs are definitely going to need, you know, an improvement, let's say, in the uh, defensively in the backcourt somehow. Uh, I, I don't know really what the pathway is to fixing that, but 
it might have to be moving Malik Beasley to the bench and bringing Jay Crowder into the starting lineup, moving Chris Middleton to shooting guard, and then you kind of just have a a big, you know, wing duo that can kind of just switch, and you kind of hope for the best there. But yeah, I, I the Bucks could not do anything to contain Tyler Hero tonight. Yeah, and you know we talked about this at the beginning of the podcast. Teams, you know, with elite guard play really scare me. Uh, Tyler Hero is a really, really good scoring guard, but him going, uh, you know, putting up 35 points on 58% from the field, like that can't happen. Uh, Malik Beasley just, it's not that Malik Beasley is a bad basketball player. He's a really good offensive player. He can shoot. Uh, he can put the ball on the floor a little bit, but he's not a defender. That's not what he's ever been known as. So it would be really, I mean, Marjan Bochamp didn't play tonight due to the illness, but you know, I really think that Marjan Bochamp should get a, like a shot or a crack at the starting lineup. Let's see what he can give us on the defensive end. He's shown a lot of promise on that side. He gets a little excited at times he fouls, but you know, that comes with being a young player. He's excited. I mean, it's better than him not trying. I think that, you know, Dame really likes him and I think that can only help their relationship. I think giving Marjan Bochamp a crack at the starting lineup is the way to go. I mean, Hirsch, is that something you can get behind? I mean, definitely. I think at least, you know, an increase in minutes. I mean, he only played, you know, I think 16 or 17 minutes in that in that Hawks game. Um, I definitely think, you know, a, an increase in minutes, maybe around 20 minutes a game, 22 minutes a game, could see, you know, a significant impact. I, I just think Malik Beasley's minutes need to be lowered, whether that be – Chris coming off the minutes restriction or Marjan getting more minutes. I just think the 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 Beasley Lillard duo isn't really working uh well defense well enough defensively to to constitute it being on the floor very much. Um let's look forward a, a little bit to uh the Bucks next two upcoming games. Unless you have something else you want to add. Yeah. Yeah, actually really quick. I also want to just touch something or touch up something on the offensive side of the ball. Uh have you kind of noticed how good the Bucks ball movement can be at times? I'm sure, you know, it's ob- it's been pretty obvious. Like they'll f- swing the ball around the court and then find an open shooter in the corner or someone open in the paint. But I've noticed very, very little ISO basketball. And, you know, it makes me happy to see that because I think you know, we keep talking about this chemistry and we're going to keep talking about it because once it like gets built, the Bucks are going to be really scary on offense. I just like, we're sh- we're showing flashes of it uh, and guys are missing shots. Malik Beasley missed a few open shots today. Those are going to fall on the regular. So I'm really excited to see what we're going to become on the offensive side of the basketball. However, I do totally agree that we need to kind of figure out something on the defensive side. Definitely. And, and, you know, you're seeing, you're seeing, you know, a different style of offense, uh, both offensively and defensively from Adrian Griffin. And, you know, we've seen previously with coach bud, um, you know, like you mentioned the ISO ball, other than, you know, Giannis kind of going one V one against the guy, which is, you know, fully, fully valid. I mean, Giannis can go one V one against anybody in the league and score any bucket. So if they're not going to send two guys or at least clog the paint on him, I'm fine with him doing ISO ball the whole game. I mean, we've seen that work for him, but yeah, you definitely notice, you know, the ball being swung guys cutting off the ball guys moving around and, you know, it's good to see, but yeah, yeah, let's definitely, you heard, uh, it, yeah, you heard, you heard AG even like freaking out on the, uh, on the sideline, like she's like, move the ball, move AJ. Like he was yelling at the guys to move when our offense was stagnant. And I mean, that's something I really, really like to see from AG at this point. 
Uh, he obviously hasn't been flawless, but a lot of promise from him. I really kind of like what I'm seeing from this Bucks team. Uh, it was nice that we didn't blow the lead. I know, you know, we're all familiar to blowing leads, fourth quarter leads to the Miami Heat. It was nice that we held on. Uh, just really excited to see what this Bucks team does, you know, how they keep building off of this momentum. Uh, yeah, Hirsch, uh, you want to talk about the games coming up? Yeah, so just a, just a quick uh, little fun fact before we, you know, uh, look forward. This is the first time that the Bucks have ever opened their season with three straight home games. Uh, I just thought that was uh, a fun fact. Uh, but we will be going away to Toronto for our next game on Wednesday night. Uh, so it doesn't get much easier when it comes to, you know, Giannis and his paint play. Uh, we have the Raptors on Wednesday and then the first game of the NBA in-season uh, tournament uh, begins on Friday with a home game against the New York Knicks. Uh, Steve, what are your thoughts on, you know, both of those, either of those games, both of them, the in-season tournament, I guess just preliminary thoughts on those two games. Yeah, I mean, I'm just excited to kind of see this Bucks team continue to grow together. It's exciting to watch them play. <laughs> Still hasn't totally set in that Damian Lillard is a Buck, so I'm kind of in awe every time I see him on the court. But uh, the NBA in-season tournament on Friday, first game against the Knicks, I am actually super excited, intrigued, just whatever. I mean, I'm just – I want to see how this goes. I mean, let's, let's just see if this ends up being a big flop like a lot of people think it will be. Or if it ends up being something, I, I don't know, but I'm excited for it. Did you end up seeing the uh, the different courts that each team has for their in season tournament? Yeah, I saw I saw the Bucks court. It's um def- definitely uh something else. It's something that's all I can really yeah. say on. <laughs> yeah, I've interesting seen, uh, data they used. I've seen I've seen a lot of uh, outrage. Let's just say on uh on the social media about about the Bucks floor and how it looks like a highlighter um, was yeah, drawn the across the middle. <laughs> yeah. Neon green is, I, I don't remember that being Milwaukee Bucks color, but Hey, you learn something new every day. <laughs> well, with that, I think that's going to be it for today's episode of the Bucks in the six podcast. Uh, make sure to leave a like download, subscribe and follow us on both Twitter and Instagram at Bucks and six FFSN. I'm Hershey Winkleman, he's Steven Dorr, and let's go Bucks!